0: How did he do such fantastic stunts with such little feet? <laughs> Sorry. No, you're not. That's from Blazing Saddle. Of course it is. Um, it's actually as old as me. Ah. Uh, scary, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, don't say that. It, that film is as old as me. Ah. Uh. Yeah. That means it's as old as me too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know quite how I feel about that because it's like you. I feel like you shouldn't be as old as a film as a as a. But then most films, have, most films, not most films. But Stop, but put some words in the, the sentence is, for me, please, the dear. The point is, it's like you measure your you measure your life through the culture that you are exposed to. Yeah, and it's like. Younger me was exposed to the 80s. It did not thank older me.
1: The 80s did not go well. The 80s did not thank (laughs) a lot of people, to be fair. No. No. Um,
0: But when you think about, say, the film Titanic. Do I have to? Yes, please. Oh. Okay, fine.
1: Is that enough thinking? You were supposed to say the film Titanic. The film Titanic.
0: Thank you. Better? Yes. Okay. So, consider that movie. That movie was released... In 1997. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Now, I still think of that as a modern movie. Jurassic Park was
1: 1993. Yes. The first one. Yes. (sighs) Again. I still get something in my eye at certain points in that film. Oh, but the music. There's music. The music. And the music does something to my eyeballs every single time. But
0: I think of Titanic as a modern film. And yet a modern film, it's set in 1912. Yeah, but I mean in terms of the actual... How old pre- are you?! The mo- older than you. <gasps> but I have never seen a vision or learned a secret that would damn or save my soul. And after 400 years, <laughs> as far as I know, I am the oldest living vampire in the world. <sighs> Love no you. Oh I just thought. <laughs> anyway, point is Titanic's a new film, it's a modern film, it's an up-to-date film, it's like it's like a here and now film, and yet, nineteen ninety-seven, two thousand and seven, two thousand and seventeen. Yeah, plus a few. Plus three years. Yep. That's the thir- have I counted that right? That's 1997. ninety seven. Two thousand and seven. Two thousand and seven is a decade. That's ten years. Yeah. Twenty seventeen. 20, 20 years. years. 2020, 23 years. Yeah. That film.
1: We've got listeners younger than that. That film. Yeah. Was half my life ago. Ooh. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, no, I don't like these feelings. No. I like not these feelings. Bring me some better <laughs> Bring feelings. Me some other
0: feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's uh that's that's that was that's been what i've been thinking about mostly lately um the the, the relentless advance of age <laughs>
1: i've got a nursemaid you need to go talk to <laughs> <laughs> big um, house giant castle yeah whole, you know thing going on just go having a quick word and she'll
0: understand you perfectly sounds good to me yeah however uh, i suppose we've 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 come down here we've set the phone set us our, our phones I mean, I'm sorry we have set our studio up with our advanced high-tech recording equipment
1: what you mean to say is hello lovely listeners hello lovely listeners welcome around the virtual campfire
0: you're supposed to repeat that bit am I yeah I never have before okay fine that's just always been about I mean obviously yes welcome around the virtual campfire It's just that's always been your bit
1: Welcome around the virtual campfire
0: for episode eighty. Eighty of Frithcast. Eighty, a nice round number. Yeah. Oh, one of them is. Yeah.
1: The other one's kind of two small round numbers. <laughs> I think I'm gonna be confused. Maths is not my strong point. I don't think that's maths. No. <laughs> Probably not, but that's not my strong point either. Fair enough. Okay. Maths is
0: not not maths is not my strong point. Not
1: maths is definitely not my strong point. <laughs> I have no idea where we're going, but can we come back to the virtual campfire? Yep, Okay. dues. Carry on, what are we doing tonight? Well, welcome around the virtual campfire. Come on in, warm your knees, settle in, grab a bun, biscuit,
0: drink of choice. We're gonna go. I'm accepting applications for the marshmallows. (laughs) The competition is fierce.
1: Does involve a rock with a sock in it
0: the <laughs> other <laughs> way around apparently a so. sock with, a, a, sock rock in with it. A, a rock with a sock yeah <laughs> i quite like that actually whosoever shall draw this sock from this stone shall be the rightful king of england and have one foot warmer <laughs> than the other one <laughs> foot warmer than the other anyway um we we've we've brought people here on the pretense that we're going to talk okay, about fine something fine, more slash fine, related. fine fine uh, fine and i wouldn't want anybody to think we were doing a bait and switch so a, a what? a bait and switch. A bait when you when you draw people in with with, with promise of, a, of selling them a particular thing at a certain quality and then when they buy it, you switch it for something that is, yeah, often often a similar thing, but far lower quality, far cheaper, oh. whatever. So they pay. It's called a bacon. I think it
1: was like a bait and switch. I was thinking, is that like a fake and bacon sandwich that I haven't heard of before? Yeah, well, you, you kind of,
0: yeah. kind of, yeah, yeah. If you're if yeah. you're lured to the table with promise of a bacon sandwich, and you get oh, you know, I'm not saying ve- I'm not saying vegetarian, but I'm not saying vegetarian uh, bacon smell. is bad. Mm-hmm. I'm actually quite cool with it. I'm just saying that's that. Yeah. The the, the the fact you would you'll be lured in with the promise of something and then you pay for it and then you get given something else which is less valuable to you. Oh, OK, cool.
1: Well, yes. OK, fine. Let's get going, shall we? We're
0: 11 minutes in, so we might. We're going to
1: chop some of it We're... out. <laughs> They're not going to sit here for 11 minutes and listen to us ramble. <laughs> What are we talking about today lovely listeners it's going to be a lot less than 11 minutes by the time you get to this (laughs) i thought we'd have a look at a very particular type of writing runes okay so writing runes you've got we've covered a little bit about them before you've got several artifacts which some of which are my absolute favorite things you've got different ways of writing them yeah so you can write them left to right, top to bottom, right to left, top to bottom. You can write them bistrophidon, which is the way of the ox ploughing. Left to right, top to bottom with every second row backwards.
0: Still with me? So you sort of go left to the end <coughs> of the line, drop down one, and then... Go back towards the left. Go go back, back for one line, and then drop down, and then go...
1: Forward for one line, yeah, okay. and then backwards one line. Got yeah. you. So your spelling can go backwards or forwards on your backwards lines. It depends on how really mischievously cruel you're feeling to the people that you're going to ask to read this or not later on. I was
0: going to say, because, I mean, first of all, isn't the purpose of writing to <laughs> convey information? Yes, and that's where it gets really fun,
1: because you might, lovely listeners, have a passing knowledge of runes. OK. You might know that there are 24 I, in I, the Elder Futhark. I knew that there was a number of runes. Yeah. So I'm talking primarily about the Elder Futhark, although we're going to touch on the Younger Futhark at the end, the one with sixteen. Okay. We're going to primarily be talking about the Elder, twenty-four right. runes. Now those twenty-four runes go in a set sequence, like our alphabet. So alpha beta, the first two Greek. Yes. Letters. Where we get the word alphabet.
0: Eta beta pi. Yes. Yeah. Nom pi. Is it eta beta? Eta beta doesn't work unless you do them both the same, but... No. Anyway, that was... Sean Bourne. Sean Bourne. Scene Bean. Scene Bean. That, yeah. Uh So,
1: with runes, there is a specific order that the letter shapes and sounds come in. Okay. Like our alphabet, we know that A is at the beginning and Z is at the end, but in the middle there's a sequence that is taught in that sequence every
0: single time. We do know this because (coughs) I believe all saints... Did say at one point that the alphabet runs straight from A to Z. They did. In one of possibly the worst pieces of well lyrical composition.
1: I guess, you know, they're in an experimental phase. It, you know, it rhymed. I mean, it there's did. no question
0: it rhymed with the kind previous of. line. It didn't really have any other relation to the previous yeah. line. I'm not criticising. But I'm not criticising. I couldn't do what they did. So, yeah,
1: there's a sequence to the 24 rooms. OK. And there are three groups commonly three groups of eight runes yep so that knowledge of the fact that there is a base sequence to the runes and that they split into three groups of eight is where we start looking at this is where the story really starts can i just ask the yeah. groups of eight are called what et's families
0: et's.
1: yeah and you will sometimes see those families named after a particular god okay So three groups of eight runes, Mm -hmm. 24 runes in a particular sequence. This is where we start looking at today's topic, which is what you might see as coded runes or cipher runes. Okay. This is where it gets really fun. (laughs) Oh, yes, it does. So this is like Norse secret agent stuff? This is like Norse secret agent stuff. Get your decoder ring and your little knife in your, your toe boot at the ready. Pew, 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 pew. Remembering, you know, Morecambe and Wise doing the ballet in the middle of their excellent spy film. You need to go see it. I can't remember the title of it right now, but it's so awesome. Oh my God, I have got to see yeah. that. <laughs> they get mistaken for spies. Okay. Two, two agents die. The government sees the pair of them as people who look identical and sends them on a secret mission with no training whatsoever in only the way Morecambe and Wise can do British spy craft. Yeah. That I have got to watch. There's a whole Swan Lake moment with ballet (laughs) in the middle of it and the whole kind of sinister Russian guy going on as well. That's, yeah, going to have to dig out the references for what that is. Can't remember the title right now, but Coded Runes, Cipher runes. Runes. You're looking at ways to code the runic letters by the group that they sit in, the et or family that they sit in and their position within that group. So, one of those numbers on its own doesn't give you anything because it could be any one of three rooms. Okay. So, you need both sides. You need the eight that it belongs to, the group that it belongs to, and the position in that group.
0: Like a coordinate
1: set. Yeah, like your, you know, you have sunk my battleship coordinate set. Yeah. You need both coordinates to be able to make an accurate understanding of what it is. Two down, three along. Yeah. One
0: down, five along. Yeah, yeah.
1: So. I want to look at some ways to start with that they encode those into images. OK. So. Can I just point out
0: this is an audio-only podcast?
1: This is an audio-only podcast. Lovely listeners, please get a pen and paper. <laughs> if you're driving, please stop safely before you get a pen and paper. Actually, no, you'll be fine without a pen and paper. I'm just going to describe it. We're going to throw you some links. And, yeah, go and have a sp- explore of coded and cipher runes for yourself because mm. they are awesome, awesome fun. So, first one... Happy little trees. Oh, so you've got a series of short vertical staves on a page. Yeah. And there's a way of coding a rune so that the you draw a series of twigs. And if you have one vertical stave, the number of twigs on the left hand side represents the eight or the group. The number of twigs on the right hand side represents
0: the position. Okay, so for example, for Feu, which is the first rune in the first first et, you will get one branch on the left side and one branch on the right side. Yep. And then for Uruz, which is the second rune in the first et, you will get one branch on the left side and two branches on the right side. Yeah, you've seen how it works. I am. Happy little trees. So they're
1: nice and easy to read but you have to know the sequence that those 24 runes fit into of course to be able to figure out which rune it is they're trying to give you now there is another way you can code those and looking at that sequence of lines on one side of a central point and lines on another side of a central point there are a couple of examples that come from Brygen in Bergen And I'm not going to say that ten times fast because it took me enough to say it once. (laughs) There's a little set of, like, bearded faces. Okay. And the beard strands on the left are the eight, or family group. Or the grouping and the beard strands on the right are the position within that group. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. There's another sequence from the same place that has fish scales. Okay. So it has a picture of a fish with the head at the top looking at the side of the fish with the tail at the bottom. Yeah. And there's a central line drawn down the middle of the fish and there are scales or marks on one side and scales or marks on the other side to code the
0: group of the rune and the position of the rune in that group. So, I mean, I may be rushing ahead and -hmm. and by all means tell me to to wind my neck in and we'll get to it in good time. Okay, okay, okay. But... It, was this something that, I mean, what, what would they have used this for? I mean, is this, because when somebody says to me cipher, when somebody says to me coding, I mean, coding, I would consider them two slightly different concepts. Coding something is simply um, essentially compressing information. It's making, it's making information transmissible with slightly less, yeah. s- to, in slightly less space. Like so, a, for example, when we using or a modern yeah culture possibly, reference possibly so when when we use uh, I mean in the simplest term I mean I use I, I work in a, a, a in an industry where there is a lot of jargon and a lot of abbreviations and mm. that kind of thing so I would have I have sort of ready command of of of, of several abbreviations and acronyms and things that I would cheerfully use in my work mm. and my colleagues would understand me. Yep. but if I were to use them outside of my workplace, they would seem like gibberish. Yes. People but we mis- have I social
1: mean... acronyms exactly the same. Yeah, exactly. We have
0: TTFN. Yes.
1: Uh, yeah and and short codes like that.
0: Whereas a cipher, I would tr- I would assume to be a way of masking information so that it can be read by the person that you want it to read, want to read it and not by anyone else. So if you yeah. are transmitting secret information or or, or mm. whatever, or financial data as we do on the internet everything is encrypted and sent in 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 cypher and my question would be is what was the goal for coded runes for this Cipher runes. was this to try to con because it strikes me the system that you've described i like it it's clever yeah but it strikes me as fairly simple i mean would it be a case of trying to get the symbols so embedded into something that you don't notice that they're there unless yeah. you're looking for them. Sometimes it's that.
1: Yeah. Sometimes you're, if you look back at the Viking Age, to read and write in runes is not a skill everybody has.
0: True. Yeah. yeah. So
1: if you're reading somebody else's message in runes, mm. then you've got a, a pretty good skill going there.
0: Yeah.
1: If you're able to look at a coded rune or a cipher rune, you've really got a skill.
0: OK, and so you can
1: read that. So it's another level of knowledge. It's another
0: layer. Yeah,
1: it's another layer on top of. And we'll look at some examples a little bit later on where people have really
0: played with with what that is. The word for coding something or, or I should say encrypting something or ciphering something by hiding it mm. is steganography. And that is where you you rely on the fact that somebody doesn't know the message is there yeah so when you see um like in the old in old um spy movies and things when they talk about having a, like a micro dot yeah and all that kind of they stuff Is did that one of the james bond films i remember it yeah the whole micro dot on the back of a photograph thing that's going right. on yeah, well, yeah that's steganography because roger, it's
1: the, roger moore's eyebrows if roger <laughs> just his eyebrows if, if if you
0: can they were if,
1: independent
0: if you can Sorry, read the micro dot yeah. the information is probably in the clear it's in clear text, but you don't know it's there because it's yeah. just this little tiny thing that you.
1: Yeah. Sometimes it's it's not knowing it's there. Mm. Sometimes, like with some of the examples we'll look down, it's not easy to understand that there's an inscription there at all.
0: And as you say, it's not it's not a, a skill that's readily possessed by everyone, as as writing is for the most part today.
1: No, I mean you're, the Havelmer verse, um, one forty four. Do you know how to carve them? Do you know how to read? Mm. Do you know how to stain them? Do you know how to understand them?
0: Talking about the runes.
1: Essentially, the Havamal is is a big thing about how the Odin got the runes.
0: Yeah.
1: And asking people, do they know all the functions of these runes? Okay. And looking at coded cipher runes, do you know your as from your feo? (laughs) (laughs) So if you look at... The Happy Little Trees one, yeah. where you're creating trees, what you might want to do is create a painting of the old Father, put trees in the background, yeah, and then encode runes into your trees. Okay. Encode a, a cipher rune in by the number of branches that are visible on each side of the tree. There's also a way of encoding them, which is longer than a runic inscription because it physically takes more space. Yeah is that you use a long line to represent the group or family that the rune comes from, and then a short line to represent the position it comes from. Okay. So your second rune in the sequence would be one long line followed by two short lines, and then presumably the long line of the next rune, so you know where the break in the letters is. Yeah. There's a couple of good examples of this. There's the Rotbruner stone, and when you finally translate these long and short line marks... It says Erika Huick. Um, Erika Huick. So Eric, and then the second word is to trace, to scratch, to chip, to hew in stone with a chisel. Okay. So Eric wrote this. Eric wrote these runes. Eric was here. Eric was here. Okay. You've also got a lovely inscription from Sigtuna
0: in Sweden that just says, kiss me. Oh. You're like, oh. oh Well, depending on the circumstances under which that's being passed yeah. on, obviously, you know. But yeah. So, <laughs> sometimes you'll see it the opposite way round. So it's a
1: short line for the family grouping and a longer line for the position. Is it or is that just somebody writing it the other way round? Well, they've translated there's a handwritten manuscript that has got it that way round. Okay. Um, whereas on the Bruner Stone, it's a long
0: line for the group and then a short line for the position. Because it would seem a little bit erratic. Oh, I see. Oh, yes, right. I understand. Sorry. So, yeah, in that case, you said yeah. It, you, in that case, you're saying it's some people use the long line to represent the the group and other people use the short line to represent the group. Got it. Yeah. I thought I thought you just meant that the yeah. Yeah, no, I think I was still right to ask the question. <laughs> I've confused so if, myself. And please you carry you on. If you got somebody
1: that <laughs> knows the fact that it's the long line for the group and then the short line for the position, yeah, you swap those two round and you've suddenly got an inscription that doesn't make any sense. Nobody can understand. Can't understand it. Ah. Ah. So if you really want to get fun, the Velasta stone mixes the idea of having those twigs on staves and having a number of short lines to represent the group and the position of runes. But it's essentially the still still the same type of code. I'm confused. <laughs> Wait till we get going. <laughs> we're not going yet. No, we're not going yet. Oh, my we're God. not going yet. We're not going yet. OK. <laughs> you carry on. So, so you've got all those types of inscriptions, which are ones essentially where they're recording or giving you the group position, the eight, and the position of rune in the group in two separate bits of coded information and you need both halves to figure out one rune.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you might decide to put a, again, to draw an image where you have a fringe on something and you code runes into the fringe with a series of short and long marks. Wow. I know. So, again, with the fish scales, with the men's faces, with the happy little trees, you've got that the family grouping whether it's one two or three and then up to between one and eight marks on the other side yeah this is where it gets really fun okay yeah so we're going to go to Caraby church and the font in Caraby church has a runic inscription written on it right and it's one which basically says read these runes correctly interpret them correctly read runes right if you want the short, short version. So it's one of a number of inscriptions that we now have that basically either are just that inscription or they're the start of a longer inscription that says, read runes right. Read this inscription right, read it well, interpret it correctly. Okay. But it's practised and written over and over and over and over. So you can imagine being somebody illiterate in that society and just seeing these straight-lined marks and not knowing what they are. And it's only when you understand you can translate those marks into phonetic sounds and into speech that you can translate what those marks mean.
0: Okay. No, it's like a sort of a quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog yep. kind of thing. thing. Yeah. There's another inscription
1: Dogs, at Gold Church, the same kind of inscription. Mm. The one at Cariby Church, it's one of these group of inscriptions called the Read, Runes, Write inscriptions. Okay. And the, the inscription reads, Interpret you who can the name Orklaski." Orklaski. Yeah. Not very Norse. Doesn't sound very Norse. No. But if you transpose that name, one letter, you get Thorbjorn. So, oh my crikey, so a Caesar cipher? Yeah. Put a Caesar cipher in the end of a runic inscription. Oh my. I know! This okay. is where they get really, really... This is where they get a lot more fun. Yeah. And if you look at... There's a a couple of inscriptions found at Torvika. Mm. And they're known as Torvika A and Torvika B. Because people are still going in the whole kind of... You know, it works for linear. It might as well work for runic inscriptions as well. Well, yeah. So Torvika A and Torvika B have runic inscriptions. But they add twiddly bits. Okay. They add little... Um, twigs to the staves that mean that they're not runic recognized runic letters anymore so only by knowing the correct form of the letter yeah can you actually say well I can discard that line and that line and that line and then I can read this inscription
0: oh Mm. this
1: is complicated
0: this is all more complex than I thought (laughs) I should actually say while it occurs to me no that's not a Caesar cipher that's a rotation cipher. A Caesar cipher doesn't necessarily require that the the letters that you're replacing the clear text with be in order. Yeah. So you basically just assign a letter to a represent each letter. Yeah, no this but, is but It's a rotation <coughs> cipher because you've sort of shifted everything. There's a there's a, there's one that's used used to be used quite a lot in um, uh, online discussions and stuff. It was called ROT13. Um, and you, it, was, it was rotation 13 so you would basically because we have 26 letters in the, in the Roman alphabet mm. if you wanted to mask spoilers and things in a post you'd put them in, in you'd basically shift them through 13 positions yeah. so you would have the if you imagine the alphabet as a, as a circle you were basically replacing each letter with the one on the opposite side of the circle yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it was it was it was great. I mean, it was useless for security. You couldn't have used ROT thirteen for for keeping information secret, but it was great. It meant the people would, would just read down the and they wouldn't see it unless they wanted to. So yeah, if you said, oh, and this happened to this character in this yeah, story, yeah. blah blah blah, you just put it through ROT thirteen, post it up, and then the people would have to okay. Well, I won't read that. You have that, to deliberately go yeah. in and read it. I haven't seen that episode yet, so so yeah, this is this is a whole.
1: <clears throat> different kind. Torvika basically adds bits yeah. to the letter shapes. So the translators have come along now and taken the inscription and been able to clear out the bits that aren't there. Okay. So you could deliberately create a border pattern with what looks like just random shapes in it and your runes are actually encoded in black with red extra bits or they're encoded in completely in black with black extra bits, if you depending on how hard you want to make this for yeah, somebody.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean as long as, as long as whoever you're 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 anticipating will read this understands what system you've used.
1: There's the tricky part. Okay.
0: Yeah. Because understanding what
1: system somebody has used, whether it's twenty four runes, whether they're writing it left to right, top to bottom,
0: mm-hmm.
1: whether they're writing it right to left, top to bottom,
0: and backwards. Yeah. And then ciphering it. See this sounds like me thinking up passwords yeah for websites because I'll think to myself right I've got a system right I'll think up a system I'll, I'll have like five or six transformations that I'll do I'll, I'll come up with a sequence and then mm. I'll run like so many transformations through it I'll go right that's my sequence and as long as only I know the sequence yeah only I will be able to <clears throat> guess the pass I mean putting aside brute force and all that yeah, kind of yeah, thing yeah, you know yeah, yeah. But that's that's my plan, and then like three weeks later, I realise I've completely forgotten what my sequence of transformations was, <laughs> and which order I did them in, and I have to do start. I have to do lots of password resets and start all over again.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to give you a last example. Okay. And this is using the younger Futhark. So this is mm-hmm. sixteen letters again, still in three groups. Yeah. But there's only sixteen, not twenty-four. Okay. So if you are going to code a set of runes a runic inscription you get a choice of alphabet you get a choice of how to write your inscription and you get a choice of what cipher to use okay where you can encode it whether you want to encode it in images whether you want to encode it in lines whether you want to do a a a one-step removed pattern yeah and the last pattern i'm going to talk about is one that was discovered in 2014 Now, previous to this, Younger Futhark runic inscriptions, they're a bit tricky. You've only got 16 letters in your alphabet. Yeah. You've not got that many to play with. So it's difficult to spell out full words and you often get letters that are missing. There was a PhD student in 2014 at the University of Oslo, six years ago, who kept looking at these Younger Futhark inscriptions and could not make any sense of them couldn't work out what they were. They weren't translating right. They were, they were just a, a bunch jumble of meaningless letters and he couldn't work it out. Okay. He spent his PhD studying these cipher runes, these coded runes, these coded messages, mm. and he worked out that there was a pattern okay. without you know, the manual that told him there was a pattern. But it's a pretty widespread pattern because he's got a whole bunch of inscriptions to work with. Even so... This so, is pretty common at some point, but now we don't have it. Even so... <clears throat> wow. Yeah. So he called it the Jotun Villa Code. OK. And this is... We're working in Younger Futhark, so the names of the runes are slightly different from the ones that Elder Futhark. Yep. He worked out that each rune is replaced with the rune for the last sound in the name of the rune you want to represent.
0: Wait, do that again. So the rune is replaced with the last sound sound in the name of the rune you want to represent. Really?
1: He worked that out. Okay. He kicked its little runic butt and he figured it. So there fee, yeah. The first rune in the Younger Futhark sequence was the letter E. And not the letter F. Oh my. Hagal. Yeah. That we know as Haglaz in the Elder was a letter L. <gasps> not a letter H. Nouth, which we knew as Nouthis. Yeah. Was the letter Th. How? Do I you know. know
0: how people would. I. I don't get
1: it. I know. If you really want to go there. Take a look at the Jotun Villa code. Okay. It's now very well known. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want to take the Elder Futhark and transfer it into Jotun Villa code, you'll probably get a lot of Z's. But, you know, he, he took a 16 rune sequence and worked out that that was the code they were using. I
0: mean, you couldn't do that with our alphabet, could you? Because everything had come up E. 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 B, C, D, E. B-C-D-E. Yes. G. only if you want H. to do
1: A, B, K, D, A, B, K, D,
0: but that's more or less what our letters are, isn't it, yeah, so yeah, he worked out the Villa code, with nothing, just sat down, this is like that, this is like that bombardier sorting out Linear A, yeah, just, while flying, just kind of, picked up
1: his notebook and did them on the way to and from the mission, yeah, so I could work out this
0: language. This is flight is boring. I think I'll work out this this written script that nobody has the faintest idea what any of it says and we haven't got any kind of translation codex. Yeah, oh, we oh. got nothing. We got no Rosetta Stone. We got nothing that does
1: linear B, uh, linear A, linear B. So yeah, he worked out the Jotun Villa code. Mm-hmm. And one of the professors from the university said, you know, I commend his hard work. He's been very diligent over this three years he said however this is a stupid code <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean it's not wrong <laughs> I, I don't yeah it just strikes me that there would be so there would be there would be too much risk of variation because it's like, I mean it's like
1: Well, it was like with hieroglyphics, when they first looked at hieroglyphics and understanding what hieroglyphics were and how to read them, they looked for the first words that they translated were in the cartouche, in the personal names, Mm. in a rope, an oval rope band. Yeah. And with the Jotunvilla Code, he found two personal names and that's how he knew he figured it out from there. He figured it out from there. He had an inscription where somebody had written their personal name and then written it in the Jotun Villa code, and he was able to start using
0: that to understand some of these inscriptions this, that we'd had no clue what they were. This is how I believe they figured out Enigma, wasn't it? Because they used mm. to do when they were they were intercepting um, messages. I'm sorry. I hate. I'm so stereotypical. I'm a British <clears throat> person talking about the war, but just just bear with me. Um, but they 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 were intercepting uh, German messages, and they had they were they were absolutely were str- really struggling to find a key, find something. And, but until they realised that at the end of I think they did they were doing weather weather broadcasts or something, yeah, or weather updates or something like that. And at the end of every one, they were putting Heil Hitler. Yes, and yeah. they realised so that this to... was a consistent. <laughs> so they worked out because they, obviously it was coming through as a, a different pattern of letters every time, but they could work out how the pattern was changing. Yeah, and that was that was how they broke it. So him yeah. finding those names, yes, was like a similar sort of thing. He's like, well, I know what that name is and I know what that name is, and I know how what I have to transform this through in order to get them into clear text. Yeah, so,
1: I mean, it's less complicated than the Enigma that the the coding pattern doesn't change. Oh yeah, granted, it's but... just a. Uh, a very simple kind of take this letter and transpose it to this one but it's mm. the last letter phonetic letter in the
0: sequence that gives you your new room it just strikes me that would be a nightmare to use if you're going like for example if we were if we tried to use that right and i know i said if we go through lots of uh, through the roman alphabet we get lots of e's because the the way we pronounce each letter mm. usually ends with an with an e yes which is fine but even then, you end up with the problem of if you different cultures do it different ways. Z, for example, uh, Z, for example. Well, that, yeah. yeah. I mean, I tend to say Z more often than I should. But in British English, you pronounce it Z. Yes. In American English, you pronounce it Z. Yep. So they would end up with different letters <coughs> if they tried to do it. So, and I'm, I'm, yeah. obviously, without alphabet, you couldn't do it anyway, because, like I say, but it just strikes me that, you know, you have different societies of people using these runes at the time and they must have different names for them or different pronunciations oh, yeah. or like
1: younger futhark names for younger futhark runes are different to elder futhark runes mm. so that you've in got the to know who you're the Jotunvilla code you'd end up with a completely different set of runes and there may be runic inscriptions that we have on museum pieces that we have not realized are runic inscriptions yet yeah because if you've just got a pattern of trees across the top of a box. Yeah. Or fish in the background to a woodcut picture or a set of fringe on somebody's clothing or sticks on a branch.
0: Has anybody checked the Frank's casket?
1: No. Oh, because...
0: The Frank's casket is mad and I love Somebody it. Somebody needs to go check the Frank's casket. It's covered in runes anyway. It's not got <laughs> any I mean. space
1: for any encoded runes on there. But, yeah, runes, if you have... Um, And then it depends what your base language is. Yeah. So if your base language is American, English, Hungarian, Polish, Russian, Indian, all of those.
0: These are not languages so much as countries, but yes. Yes, that. (laughs) Different
1: words happen and then you put them into runes and then you cipher them. Yeah. And then you write them Bastrophodon on something.
0: The look on your face is just maniacal. Oh, <laughs> I love this stuff. So yeah, you listeners, can be... you can't see. You can't see this. But...
1: <laughs> you can be as subtle as you want. Mm. It could be that the front of your altar cloth fringe, you cut the fringe to give you a runic inscription. <gasps> it could be that the cloth you use to hold your runes. It could be. That the box you hold to hold your runes you use to hold your runes has a series of trees painted or carved or stained into the outside and that becomes a runic inscription in itself this is madness i love it this is not smarter <laughs> this is great maniacal maniacals
0: i too, for some reason i do find myself deeply inspired to go and get on with learning at home yeah that too I know it's not the same thing, but I'm still I'm just thinking of like lines yeah. sticking out of a central stalk. Thing. Lines
1: sticking out of a central stalk. So, yeah, mm. you could do... You could code them in if you have, you know, series of flowers on your design. Yeah. And you have them with eight, nine, 10, 11 petals each. And the number of red petals is the group and the number of blue petals is the position. And the number of whatever's left is yellow. You know, just colour them in yellow. And then you've got this pretty flower design. I only eat yellow. I only eat yellow. You've got this beautiful, pretty flower design. You have encoded a runic message into it. And Uh there will only be certain people that will look at that and then take a double take and go,
0: Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's not good fun
1: to play with it's not perhaps what i would call fun but it's a way of encoding your messages in
0: cypher runes or coded runes you might see them i mean i I am not a mathematician by Mm. any manner of means and most of modern encryption is completely beyond me now you know because it's i mean a lot of it is algorithms and 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 very 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 complicated maths so i could never be a a cryptologist let's put it that way uh not not a a professional one i could uh but but codes is fantastic codes are really interesting i love ciphers and stuff you know just playing with them but you know to do this to do a a
1: piece dedicated to Scarthy and to paint snowflakes yeah and to paint some of them with a blue tinged edge and some of them without and suddenly you've got a runic message encoded into yeah your image so there are quite a lot of ways to encode runes into things, some of which modern-day historians and archaeologists have twigged on. Aha, ah, I ha, see what I did there. That's very good. Thank you. <laughs> oh, dear. Some man. of which we've twigged on, some of which we've got hold of, and we're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. There are probably a lot more out there that we have not figured out yet.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: You know, we haven't figured out the code. We haven't figured out whether it's somebody just practising the shapes of the runes and drawing them like you would in a handwriting book Yeah. when you first start learning letter shapes and you start with an A and you just write it half a dozen times and then you swap to a B for a bit because you got bored and then you swap back to an A, Yeah. there are runic inscriptions that have those repeating but letter patterns that are just somebody practicing well they have repeating letter patterns and we don't mm. know whether that's what they actually intended or whether it's a practice piece or whether it's somebody practicing Runes for like a master piece, their their finished piece. We have no idea. And it's one of the levels of runes that I really love. Okay. Is looking at different ways to encode an inscription and different ways to put that inscription. There are so many variables in it.
0: Yeah.
1: That, you know, you could choose a code for yourself and another rune master can come along and look at it and go, Oh my God, that's genius. Yeah. Whereas somebody else might just see pretty flowers or snowflakes or a line of fish drying on the beach Mm, or mm, mm. whatever it is, but you've encoded a message into that. Yeah. Love it. That is pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. I do love it. Lovely listeners, go have a go at coding runes. If you fancy it, we're going to throw you some links like we usually do. Excellent. If you want to find us online... We have some new, shiny, updated information news bulletin for you that you might or might not. It may or may not be your thing because we can't tell you how to heathen. But if you fancy it, you can find me online. I'm on Facebook as Suzanne Martin and I'm also on Twitter at Geitha in Jeans.
0: And should you want to find me, um, I can be found on uh, Facebook as Kate Coldwind and my... uh, Terrible, sorry, excuse for a website (laughs) is at glassrain.net.
1: So here's the new part. The new new news. The new news. The new news. We like this news. You do not need to bring us more news. (laughs) There is a new virtual home for the virtual campfire. And if you would like to come across and say hi, you can find a page on
0: Facebook called Frithcast. Frithcast it is. And if you're struggling to find it, you can just put in your URL, in your uh, address bar, FB, fb.me, I think. Uh, slash, and then it's frithcastpod. All one word.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, come and find us. Come and say hi. We've got a group set up behind there. We've got a page. We're going to start maybe discussing the episodes in a little bit more detail. You can come and ask us questions there. Or you can just come and find us individually. Throw us a friend request. Come and say hi. It's all good. We want to talk to you. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll come and hang out. It's all good fun. So, lovely listeners, we're going to leave you pondering the wonders of cipher runes and coded runes. And we'll talk to you all next time for episode 81. 81. And for those that have maths, which I don't and I had to go and look up. Indeed. 81 is a multiple
0: of nine. I do believe it is. You know what that means, don't you? Did you. Did. Was that. Was that convincing, listeners? Did I sound as though I really knew that 81 was a multiple of 9?
1: <laughs> it's easy because you just add the digits up and it makes 9. <gasps> no! Works with the whole 9 times table. No! Yeah! You can't do that! 27, 36, 45, 54. Works all the really? way. up! Yeah! Did you not know this? I have. Lovely listeners, achievement unlocked. I have outmathed Kate.
0: I had no idea you could do that. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's how you know you've got so, your nine times table right. Wait, wait, wait,
0: wait, so wait. So 18, wait, 1 wait. and 8. 81. Yeah. 72. Yeah. 63. 63 shh, shh, shh. Okay. 63. Okay. Yeah. 50. Yeah, you've just done it. 54, 45. And then backwards. That is just the cleverest thing. Yeah. Ta da! I had no idea. Lovely listeners,
1: 81 is a multiple of nine.
0: Yes, <laughs> so I gather.
1: If you've been following us for a while, you will know that a multiple of nine, in Frithcast terms, means story time. Story time. Come and join us next time for story time around the virtual campfire. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.